0: Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. Guys, we are a few weeks into the book of Leviticus, and some of the passages just keep getting more and more weird. And at face value, today's passage is no exception. So, Eric, why don't you tell everyone what we're digging into today?
1: We are reading Leviticus chapter 13, but before we do, I have to give a shout-out to Charlene from the Jewel Osco Bakery in Elburn, Illinois. So, hi, Charlene. I hope you are enjoying hearing your name said over and over. Hey, Charlene. Oh, look at that. Three shout-outs from the podcast studio. So, my... My 19-year-old daughter, Courtney, started working at the Jewel Osco Bakery in Elburn, and she is talking with one of her coworkers, Charlene, and my daughter asks Charlene, what have you been doing to occupy your time these days? And Charlene says... Oh well, I've been listening to this podcast, and my daughter says, "Oh, really? My dad is on a podcast, and they keep talking, and they find out that Charlene has been listening to the Bible Savvy podcast. Fantastic!"
2: And That's realizes fantastic.
1: that she is working at the Jewel Osco Bakery with my daughter. So, hello, Charlene. Hello, Courtney. I don't. I don't think any of my kids listen to this podcast. They are. <laughs> they are. They are unbelievably unimpressed with anything I do. They just want to make sure that. The house is in order and dinner's on the table and everything else is gravy. So, hi, Charlene. Glad you listened to the podcast. I think I think she's catching up. I think a lot of people are doing this. You know how you find a podcast and then you listen to it every day until you catch up and mm-hmm. then you, you have this moment where you go, oh, no. Well, now I have to wait I once a wait week. So, for those of you that have done that, if we have, uh, if we have been your daily companion for a few weeks, uh, <laughs> I think that's fantastic, but no, we're not recording more than one a week. There is no way, so you have, to, you have to throttle that back to once a week. All right. So, here we go, Leviticus chapter 13, and once again, I just want to say, when Clayton has me read... He normally has me read the entire chapter. And once again, I have proven to be more generous and gracious. Leviticus 13 has more than 50 verses in it, and I'm only having Clayton read 11. Leviticus 13, verses 1 through 11. But I... Clayton.
2: But I practiced the whole thing before we did this. You do have
1: a, you do have a good Bible reading voice. All here right, the here smooth, we go. Smooth, smooth Bible
2: reading styling. So, like Clayton Keenan. All right, Leviticus 13. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron... When anyone has a swelling or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin that may be a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. The priest is to examine the sore on the skin, and if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep, it is a defiling skin disease. When the priest examines that person, he shall pronounce them ceremonially, (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that was really good.
2: When the priest examines that person, he shall, be, he shall pronounce them ceremonially unclean. If the shiny spot on the skin is white but does not appear to be more than skin deep, and the hair in it is not turned white, the priest is to isolate the affected person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine them, and if he sees that the sore is unchanged and has not spread in the skin, he is to isolate them for another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine them again. And if the sore has faded and has not spread in the skin, the priest shall pronounce them clean. It is only a rash. They must wash their clothes and they will be clean. But if the rash does not spread in their skin after they have shown themselves to the priest to be pronounced clean, they must appear before the priest again. The priest is to examine that person. And if the rash has spread in the skin, he shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling skin disease. When anyone has a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to the priest. The priest is to examine them, and if there is a white swelling in the skin that has turned the hair white, and if there is raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic skin disease, and the priest shall pronounce them unclean. (laughs) I I really feel like we need about 40 more verses of that. Oh, my gosh.
1: I can't tell you how much I enjoyed watching Clayton try to get the phrase raw flesh out of his mouth. I don't know why. Those are are pretty easy words to say. Ceremonially is not an easy word.
2: Ceremonially. You
1: still can't say it. No, I can't. I was waiting for you to just skip the word because I don't really think many podcast (laughs) listeners are actually reading along word for word with us while we read that. But all right, here's some context, y'all. We're in Leviticus, right? And so, this is once again the Lord talking to His people, telling them... Uh, teaching them how to be a society, how to live life the way he created it to be lived, that he wants them to be a distinct people because he has a purpose for them in human history. And so, he's teaching them uh, lots of things about how to live in a society and not everything that he's teaching them is specifically in the moral or what we would consider a spiritual category. Sometimes things are just very uh, what we would consider everyday, like infectious disease. Hmm, sounds like
2: something we're currently living through. Hmm. Did you notice that word "isolate" in there?
0: I did. I, like,
2: I almost replaced it
0: with quarantine. With quarantine. See?
2: With quarantine. This is a social distancing text. It sure is. It sure is.
1: <laughs> it is. It's all it's all of the what what happens when you find out that you your body is carrying a disease that could potentially be damaging to other people. And God is teaching his people how to handle such things. The rest of Leviticus 13, by the way, just keeps going through different variations of skin diseases and different manifestations of having an infectious disease, and it keeps giving them uh, variations in what to do in those matters. Uh, But what you're seeing here is uh, the the idea that, in terms of context, the idea that we're supposed to be caring about other people, right? So, you you don't just walk around willingly giving other people... Infectious diseases, um, and so the what you'll see in Leviticus 13 is if you see a manifestation of a disease uh, until you are healed from it, you have to be in isolation, right? You have to be removed from from the, from the community. You have to be in quarantine or isolation um, until you are checked by the priest t- uh, to be declared clean. Uh, here is a an, here's another bit of context, and then we'll jump into observations. Uh, There is a difference, everyone, between what we're seeing here with the word clean and unclean and the idea or the notion of being sinful. They are not the same thing, okay? So, it is, it is clean and unclean as a matter of whether or not you have a disease or not. It's not you are a sinner or not a sinner. Um, and so, it's, it's very important that we don't mistake these categories because uh, as we talk about this a little bit later in the episode, we're going to start drawing some parallels to some things we see Jesus doing in the Gospels. Um, and it's helpful to remember that clean and unclean is not a spiritual category, it's a physical category.
2: Yeah. I think that with the, the clean and unclean, one of the things that we miss is that uh, when they had, so Leviticus is all about like living around this tabernacle. We've talked about that before. They've got access to the presence of God. And so there's certain rules about, you know, what's, what's okay when going to offer your sacrifice or, or be in that, the, the presence of God. And so there's kind of a, it, it's sort of like, um, like, it's a, this is a little bit of a weak analogy, but like sort of like dressing nice for a wedding. like you wouldn't go in your workout clothes, you know what I mean like or or there, there are certain people like you wouldn't go and like sort of be present with them in an unclean way. This is just sort of spelling out like if you're gonna be in the presence of God, the, here's here's the decorum for that. You can't come with this kind of you know raw flesh showing. um you've got you gotta wait until uh, you're whole and healed before showing up to God. All right, observations. what do you
1: guys what do you guys see in these uh, eleven verses that we just read?
0: I noticed that the priests seemed to kind of be like the neighborhood doctor almost like do yeah, they had the priests actually checking disease
2: Yeah they it's like it's like it, you know who I guess I didn't I've n- not really thought about like kind of what kind of medical care they would normally have like most people are not specialized in that way so you've got these kind of public figures who are responsible for the community and so they're they they have the kind of task of Checking and making sure you know people are healthy and giving them the the read on what's going on. And well, they didn't have WebMD. I mean, so they they couldn't you know I mean, look at or or, yeah. or
1: TeleDoc. Do you guys ever have you ever used TeleDoc? I have it's not. amazing. Like to to use that app and either call a doctor or video call a doctor. You video call a doctor, right? Put the camera on like your arm or whatever you know whatever is is like I say you had a rash or something, and <laughs> over a video call, right? The doctor is diagnosing what you have and what the appropriate remedy might be. In the absence of that medical knowledge, here, once again, you have God being very specific with his people. When I, when I read this, I wonder, like, I wonder how cutting edge this medical knowledge was back then.
0: This is like God MD. Right?
1: Instead
0: well done, Nikki. MD. God you go, MD. You did it. Yeah. You did it. You were waiting for it.
1: <laughs> right? But I, want, I wonder if the first time they heard this, if it was either A... Oh yeah, that makes sense because they already knew all of these different manifestations of skin disease and they knew whether or not they were infectious or not. Or if B, God was telling them something that was perhaps beyond their medical knowledge and he was protecting them in that way. Yeah. In which case it's a matter of faith whether or not you follow the rule because you don't... If it's only the God that has told you that this particular manifestation of a skin rash or something is infectious and you don't have experience to tell you that, you only have God telling you that.
0: You now gotta go now on, it's a you matter of his
1: word. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know which one it is, but for sure, uh, there we they don't have the same kind of medical knowledge that we
2: have nowadays. Yeah, I think about that. Um, we 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 joked about the quarantine isolation thing. Um, th- this could get tough if if you uh, have something that doesn't clear up fast, you could be I mean, we we all you know to varying degrees in the COVID era, we've all experienced kind of some isolation, and it's. And it's hard, even, even when you are in touch with some other people. Um, but in this society, if it's not like everybody in the world's kind of in solidarity doing this, you got none of that to fall back on. You, you've got, you know, you're in your family and you, you've gotta be in isolation and it goes a week and then it doesn't clear up and goes a week. And for someone who, who has something that's prolonged, I could imagine that could be more than just like the physical uh, problem, but it's a, it's a social psychological um, weight. To be isolated from your community that way.
1: Yeah, you know, you think about the the command that if they're if they're unclean, they have to essentially announce it to keep people at a distance, social distancing. Right? I'm unclean. I'm unclean. It it, it would not be uh, any different than today if if I found out I had COVID and someone came to my door and I had to answer the door, I'd probably swing open the door, stand way far back and say, hey, before you say anything, I just want you to know, I have COVID. And they'd probably very quickly like, okay, have a nice day. I don't care if you buy internet for my company <laughs> or not, right? Uh, that might be a really great way to keep just solicitors. A new sign, a new <laughs> sign on the door. <laughs> no solicitors no, at your no door. No solicitors. I have COVID. COVID in the house.
0: <laughs> well, and I think of it too, like F, F, and in these kind of... Um, Text here. If someone was unclean and then they came in contact with someone else, they would become unclean. So if you lived in a house and you had a family and you became ceremonially unclean or had some sort of disease, it it wasn't just you. It was like your entire family by association because you could have given something to them. And so it's not only you suffering alone, but it's your entire family suffering potentially because— of something, you know, that you came into contact with. So, and I think a lot of people have experienced that, right? Like I've had friends who's, you know, they've got it and the parents have had to isolate and vice versa. And it's just tough.
2: Yeah. I look at this and I I think about, um, kind of the message that it sends to, I mean, we we talk about it in terms of like, make sure you're not spreading disease, which is a part of the, the rule, but it also, it also says something about, um, what, what it's like in the presence of God. So th- this is kind of a, a, a backup a, a, a little bit kind of, kind of context. When you hear, when you th- think about the tabernacle or the, or the temple, in the Bible, that is uh, sort of like God restoring a little bit of the Garden of Eden, where, where there's this sense of the place where God's presence would dwell and people could access God is a little bit of paradise. And he's trying to bring some of that back. And so uh, part of what was going on by saying, hey, you can't bring your skin disease in here is God saying is my presence is a place of wholeness and life. It wasn't that he was like, I, I don't want anything to do with you, you gross me out. But he's saying in this place that we don't have the, the kind of broken down, um, you know, creeping effects of death, because I'm, uh, my presence is a, a place of, of life and fullness. And so there is a little bit of a message of saying, there's something uh, glorious and amazing about God's presence. And wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if everything was like that? Wouldn't it be great for that to be the way it was? That's a good thought. So I have a question for both of you. To what extent
1: do you think our current pandemic circumstances have set us up to understand Leviticus 13 better?
0: I think, you know, if if we're looking at it from, you know, the side that we were talking about earlier with just the, I don't know, the very physical side of, with, you know, disease and not, trans you know, transferring things to other people, um... I I think that is, you know, God points out clearly that that's important, you know, taking other people's lives into consideration. Um, but then I think if you look at it from the side of, um, what Clayton is talking about with just God trying to restore, uh, you know, some sort of, um, you know, the, the, the garden and and his initial hope plan for the world before sin crept in, um, I think it, it points to just our desire to see this whole COVID thing just eradicated. Like, we we know that that until it's gone, you know what I mean? Like, this is something that we're always going to have to worry about. And, you know, God is really the only one who can fully bring restoration to it, you know?
1: Yeah, and now what we're starting to understand is COVID maybe never goes away. It just becomes another virus that is living in the background that we have to, as the human race, adjust to and adapt to with vaccines and and uh, other other approaches. Um, which just reminds us that we are still living in a fallen, broken world where yep. sin and evil and disease is a part of the human existence uh, until one day when it is no longer when Jesus returns.
2: Yeah, I think there's I think there's a, a certain uh, good empathy, I hope we pick up through this, that like for my entire life, I you know, being in a church, you hear stories about people who are sick and they're stuck at home, right? Like that's a, that's a common thing, you know, people who, you know, they're, they're going through some kind of treatment or they're, uh, they've got something where it's just difficult for them to get out of the house, and and I hear those things and I think, oh, that's, you know, and I'll pray for them or whatever, and like it's not that they don't care, but there's a, a sense where you don't always uh, feel the uh, limitation that disease puts on someone's life. And now all of us have felt it to some degree. You know, we've got a, a flavor of, uh, of what that's like. For some people, even when COVID is no longer a thing affecting us all the time, um, there are still going to be plenty of people in our community for whom their, their illness or their, their uh, you know, their circumstances in life keep them uh, far away from community, which is, is weighty and hard.
1: Yeah, so it is... Not only if you have some kind of disease, uh, like we're reading in Leviticus 13, not only do you have the physical problem, but now you have the relational problem, Uh, in some ways the mental health issues that come with being separated from other people, being separated from your community. And so it's kind of the double whammy, right? So now I'm dealing with a a skin disease in Leviticus 13, but I'm also dealing with the relational separation, uh, which for sure we have all come to understand with a little bit more empathy these days.
0: Yeah, Clayton, I never thought about that. Even when you think of like uh, like uh, people who, um, you know, have cancer, um, they have cancer. You know what I mean? Like they their their immune systems are just so low that a lot of times the only time they leave their house is when they go and they get their treatment. That's really the only uh, human interaction that they have. It's just super limiting. And then, you know, they they go to counseling and all that stuff. Just it's just. Yeah, I, I never, I never thought about that. That's, no. that's a good point.
2: The the connection that I I see here, um, we you know it, as soon as I read clean and unclean, like I'm not, I know I've talked about how I like the book of Levit- Leviticus, but I'm not reading it all the time. So the places where I run into that in the Bible, um, are in an, another context, and it, it's it's almost always in the stories about Jesus, right? Because there's like, uh, you know uh lepers who have a skin disease like this who are unclean or you know it talks about the woman who is unclean or whatever. like there's all these people who are unclean and making that connection of in their community they were the people who are in quarantine. They were the people who are in isolation and the weight how that would feel to not just spend seven days or whatever this is, but perpetually uh, feeling cut off, um, for them, that's gotta be um just just massive. Yeah, a huge
1: weight, and and so it's Jesus not only physically healing them, but restoring them back into community. Which mm-hmm. I think for a lot of for a lot of people, they would say that is that has been their story. Uh, you know, they were they were living their life a certain way, separate from God, either not thinking about God or in uh, direct rebellion to God. Um, and at some point, the grace and the love of Jesus intersects their lives, and now not only are they they set free from that sin, but they have found themselves. A part of this new community of believers, um, and it is a beautiful thing that they're experiencing for the first time. And so, yeah, you, you come across this a lot in in the Gospels. Uh, is it this? It's the story of the ten lepers, right? The, the, that account where he heals them and he tells them all to go present themselves to the priest. Is that? Yeah. Do, I have, do I have that right? Uh, and the one comes back uh, and says, "Thank you." Uh, well, if you're wondering, like, why why did they all have to go present themselves to the priest? Well. Here it is in Leviticus 13, right? And this is where Bible reading gets fun, right? As you're going, as you're reading more of the Bible, and you start connecting the dots, you're like, well, of course, you know, if, if you've read Leviticus 13, and then you see Jesus telling them, uh, "I've healed you of your skin disease. Now go present yourself to the priest so that they can declare you clean, so that you can be restored back into community," you say, "Oh." I know
2: why they did that
1: because yeah. I read that in Leviticus 13 and that's when the Bible that's when reading the Bible becomes more fun and encouraging because you're starting to connect all the dots.
2: The the with the stories of Jesus. I mean, you notice that this is actually a controversy all the time with him. Like that he's interacting with people. that people are like you you shouldn't be touching them. You shouldn't be with them. They, they're unclean people. They're this is this is be, and the assumption is like from Leviticus. Like people are are not just making this up. They're they're looking at this and saying, "Well, uncleanness infects, right? Like it, it spreads. Like if you touch something unclean, it doesn't become clean, you become unclean, right? You get, you get messy, but the reverse is happening with Jesus. This is the astounding thing. Like Jesus shows up and instead of him getting unclean, other people become whole. Like they, they get healed. Uh, They get, they get restored to wholeness of life and community. And so he's like the anti-unclean. Like he's, he's, he's invading that area and making it like the way that the, part where we said God was in the tabernacle, like wholeness and life, wherever Jesus goes, he brings that.
1: Yeah, or the, the the trifecta of unclean when he crosses the lake and he's in the Gadarenes and you have, he's in a cemetery, which, unclean, right? And then he interacts with a man with evil spirits, unclean, and then he sends all the spirits and the pigs, unclean. Right? I think Jesus is doing something very specific. Uh, there, when you read that in the Gospels, where Jesus is invading all of those things that are unclean, uh, and is bringing the kingdom to those places,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's good. That's good stuff, right there. That's your line, Nikki. I just stole your line. Mm.
0: That's good stuff. Nikki always <laughs> says that with a pensive look <laughs> on her face. She always says, that's "Good stuff." Mm,
1: like she's eating a good piece of candy. Mm, that's good stuff. All right. Well, let's uh, let's play a game with the message today. So I'm looking at the Bible Savvy Journal. And there's really good tips in this journal in the, in the front and the back. So, I'm looking at the, uh, the comma method spelled out in the back of the Bible Savvy Journal. And under message, uh, it says you can use specs. So, you're looking, uh, you're, specs. Looking, you're looking for a message. So, you put on your message specs, everybody. And it is sin to confess is the S. P is promise to claim, E is example to follow, C is a command to obey, and S is a statement about God. So, these are the kinds of things you're looking for when you're trying to draw out a message. A sin to confess, promise to claim, example to follow, command to obey, or statement about God. So, uh, here's what we're going to do today. Instead of us landing on a message, we're going to have our podcast listeners try to land on a message. And so, I'm going to narrow this down for you. Based on reading this text and this conversation, we're going to look at the E. Is there an example to follow? Or is there a statement about God in here somehow uh, that we can latch on to? So, is there an example to follow or a statement about God? And we move on to the meditation uh, in the comma method. Every time in the podcast episode, we give 45 seconds for meditation. Uh, which is where you pray about what you've been reading, you ponder the passage, you listen to God. So, 45 seconds of meditation. Is there an example to follow or a statement about God? right so we've talked about context we 've made our observations we have looked for a message we just spent forty five seconds in meditation and now it 's time for application the so what question so what do you guys got
2: um, i I think about people who feel unclean in life and and we 've talked about the kind of you know literal this is what Leviticus declares unclean you know skin disease and uh, various other things but I, I think in our society there are um, there are ways that people feel isolated from their community, um, not just physical barriers, but things that make them say, "I don't, I'm not welcome here. I don't, I don't belong here. I'm, I'm looked at as defiled, broken, busted, uh, unclean." And so um, I, I think about um, people who feel like they're on the fringe, and um, and Jesus is the one who says, "There's there's nobody that I can't make clean. That there's no there's no." Um, defilement that I can't wipe away and make you whole. And so I, I think about that kind of in two ways. One uh, is an application for people who feel that way, um, where there may be an area of your life where you feel like this, I just feel shame about this and I feel isolated because of this. And to know, like, actually you can, you can give that to Jesus and, and there's nothing, there's nothing, nothing, nothing that's happened to you, nothing uh, that you've done that he can't clean. Uh, but I also think about it uh, just for me, looking at people in my life, like paying attention to the people who are on the fringes, whether whether they announce it or not, that they might feel like they're isolated and saying, I'm going to be more like Jesus. You know, the priest who has examined them and said, no, I declare you clean. I'm going to treat them that way and say, welcome into community. That's good. Nikki?
0: Yeah, so I, I kind of went uh, the other direction with just, um, I, I kind of latched onto that whole uh, examining um, side of things and said, you know, I think it's probably wise to spend... Uh, time examining my life more, um, you know, my day, my week, you know, asking God and, and inviting Him in by the power of Spirit to say, "Okay, show me where I've let things creep in that I shouldn't be letting creep in," you know. Uh, so I, I kind of, I picked up on the examining side of the of the text.
1: An interesting move by Nikki there. That's good. All right. For me, uh, uh, the verse that's rattling around in my head right now is in the New Testament. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. All of us could probably say at one point, whether it's our relationship with God or with the people of God, we felt like outsiders. And at some point, God brought us in. And so, uh, my, my application is to keep my eyes open for people who feel like they're on the outside. And for sure, I mean, most of us, we all showed up at church at some point in our lives and felt a little awkward about it, right? Because felt like outsiders. Um, I know I did it. 15 years old, walked into a church by myself and f- felt like, what in the world am I doing here? Um, and so uh, just to remind myself that there are people who are making that move. God is bringing them from the outside to the inside. And the best, the best work that I can do to extend my hand and bring them on in, I want to be about it. So, Lord, open my eyes to see uh, people who are on the outside that want to be brought on the inside.
0: Mm, that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, friends, thank you for joining us today. We're uh, we're excited to let you know uh, that our good friend and our February Inspiring Stories weekend guest, Chris Baker from Inc. 180, uh, will be joining us next Monday on the podcast. Uh, you don't want to miss it because we're actually going to be talking to the tattoo artist about that interesting little passage in Leviticus that talks directly about tattoos. So tune in next Monday as we all explore that passage together. Mm,
1: That's good. Mm,
0: That's so good. In the meantime, if you are not following along with the reading plan, check out biblesavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.